Today's podcast is brought to you by Vegan Plant-Based Protein from Run Everything Labs. What do you know? What you know about this chocolate vegan run everything protein that you can go and get from stnutrition.com. This brand new uh, chocolate flavor is gluten-free, filled with digestive enzymes. It's non-GMO, naturally sweetened, uh, vegan, of course, and also filled with amino acids and not getting the same fillers as you do when you get another brand of protein that's really, really cheap from like the grocery store. It's not the same as that. You're going to get, you're going to feel good after taking in this protein. You're going to feel mentally strong. You're going to be ready to get through the day. You're not going to feel bloated and you're just going to, you know, get ready to get going. It's going to fill up that, uh, the number of calories that you need. I mean, you get 20 grams of protein. You get 2 grams of carbs. And it's 119 calories, guys. You know, you can't can't really beat that. You know what I mean? So go ahead and go to stnutrition.com. Get yours before I take it all. Today's guest is someone I've known since we were kids. And I just know that He's been through a lot in his in his short amount of time here on earth. And, you know, I just wanted to reach out to him because I know a lot of you out there go through uh, the same types of things. And I wanted you to hear it from someone that's been through it and that someone is starting to come out of the other end of it. You know what I mean? Come out the good side of things and really change his life around. And he's a funny guy, you know, we had a good time, but we also had serious talk. So here you go, guys. It's Nick Golden. Let's go there and like bands playing and shit. We'll just like sit there and just. (laughs) Oh, and the mic? Yeah. Just to piss off the sound guy. Um, is that place closed? Oh, yeah, they closed that down real quick. Um, I, I tra- thought it was doing well. Or maybe it was because of the church. Uh, apparently it was, like, noise complaints. And then uh, yeah. I tried to rent it out, actually. I hit up uh, the old owner. And yeah. then they told me that the church ain't renting it out no more. Yeah. They were kind of tired of all that. Well, it was because people were doing other stuff like around the... Um, the area, you know, what I mean, that place used to get packed. Oh yeah, and you know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah, <laughs> drinking. I mean, it was, it was like, like what I can remember is like drinking, smoking, like all that kind of stuff. I would come out. I wore, I wore a gray shirt. I remember, um, I went to a couple friends to see uh, Forever the Sickest Kids, and um, I came out, and my shirt was black. It was gray when I went in. Like, I was soaked. and But, you know, that place was so much fun. Like, I wish we had um, something like that. Uh, now it, it but, sucks. It's only bars now that do it. So, like, yeah. you know, the teenagers and stuff can't even have I don't fun. even think they do it at Frightland anymore. Nah, they only – well, they got the stage, but they don't, like, do 
open stuff like that. They'll have like a DJ. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, cause I know I was in. A, I remember <laughs> I was in a band for like uh, five seconds. Oh wow! So yeah, um, it was like you remember like Josh Henson. Yeah, yeah. I still talk to him. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So I was, it was with him and some other guys, and like uh, Jason Taylor was in it, and um, and Matt Griffin. He wasn't in it. Oh uh, no, nah. He was um in another one, but um, yeah, we all started it, and then I think Josh found um the band he started getting big with back then. Parallels or um the artisan or or the. I forget what it was. But anyway, they got pretty they were getting pretty big. And then um so yeah, we played we practiced a couple times. <laughs> that was about it. You know, um cuz I was new into all that. Like I just started like screaming and stuff, so I was like uh like really into that those kind of vocals. Yeah. You know. Um it's really all I can do. Uh, Can't really do. <laughs> I used to play bass, and then I found out it's a lot more fun yelling at a microphone. <laughs> oh yeah, I was in a band for two minutes. Yeah, <laughs> did one show. And oh really? Well, uh, at least you did a show. We did a Limbiscuit cover. It was great. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, we had a couple practices, and we had like uh, we put we did a stupid thing and put like words into a hat. And like shook it up and like, oh, what's it called? Oh, my day and night. It's the most punk thing I've ever heard. Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> well, I think I got it from Panic at the Disco. I think that's what they did. Yeah. So, so I was like, oh, let's try that since we can't think of that anything. But it was because of one time we we're uh, like like Mark Griffin and Matt and Jordan McDowell. They were all like messing around after church one night, and um, I think. I think Jordan heard me scream, like, at camp or something, and he was like, oh, like, show these guys, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I was real nervous. I was like, no, I don't want to, like, look bad, you know? Oh, yeah, dude, it's nervous as hell. It is, you know, especially my first time. Like, I'd never done it, like, in public. It's like when you're, like, usually singing in the shower. Yeah. And then, like, you have to, uh, someone asks you to do it in public because they think you're good. And I was like, "Uh, okay. You know, so they, like, started something, and I just came out with it, and they were like, Oh shit, you know, and then um, so like Mark, uh, Mark, Matt, and Jordan were already in a band. So Josh was like, "Hey, let's start something up," you know. Yeah, so it lasted about a couple of days, and that was it. So <laughs> that's how about ninety percent of them go. Yeah, but now I've been trying to like record my own thing, like on here, and um, I mean it's hard as hell, but I just found like some like instrumentals off YouTube. And I would just scream to that, you know, because I just like hearing myself being able to do it again. You know what I mean? It's fun. It gets a nice little energy out of you. Yeah, it's a different way to get my anger out. Like, um, I haven't been lifting as often as I need to. So I think doing this kind of gets me, kind of gets that anger out, you know. So, because I have a job, too, where I I walk around all, all day. So I'm just constantly, like, thinking of stuff. So I'll just write down, like, lyrics or whatever. And then I'll just, like, do them here and just see how that goes. See, I think that was the best part about me working at a warehouse. Yeah. Because it was already loud as hell. So I don't have to worry about anybody hearing me. But I also ride around on my forklift just jamming out to myself to 
lyrics that probably make no sense whatsoever if they I do <laughs> you just got to man oh yeah sometimes you just like put the words together and they just like come out and you're it just like sounds cool that might not make sense but it sounds good you know it fits the song so and nobody will know on an whatever so that's funny i actually did <laughs> yeah because because sometimes like with my scream you could kind of hear what i'm saying but sometimes you can't yeah. you know um because i started off doing a like a lower um, like deeper, like how is yours? Is yours deep or? Yeah, I did the deep and the mid. I can't do highs. Okay, yeah. mine goes a little high. Um, kind of like uh, you ever listen to Hasted Day? Oh hell yeah, dude! Like when they first, like they when they first came out. Yeah, you remember when they were at the Grange? Yeah, hey. yeah. So the, um, because they have a different um, uh, lead vocal now. Yeah. But the the guy first, it kind of sounds like his. Okay. You know, um. But I was watching, like, vocal stuff on YouTube and stuff like that, and it would, like, they said, don't do that. And I was like, oh, well, that's what I like doing. I like that sound because no one has that sound. Everyone kind of sounds the same now. See, it, it gets iffy on that because, like, you can tear, you know. It's yeah. like when you start yelling, next thing you know, you lose your voice or something yeah, like yeah. that. Except a little bit more severe. Yeah. Uh, that's why everything has to come, like, from down here and yeah. all that fancy crap yeah but. and then you got warm-ups you can do like i watched um the dude from disturbed i watched him warm up oh yeah man dude um, is probably oh my god probably my all-time favorite voice because when he came out with the um sounds of silence song oh I'm he like, has a great oh, voice dude like not just like not just like for a metal singer for any kind of singer you know his voice is just so unique it's crazy Alright. Look at your guys' it's Disney coasters. Yeah, man. I'm all about the Disney. <laughs> I was actually going to buy a Mickey Mouse shirt, too. I have like 10 of them. <laughs> Thing is, though, I don't have like a favorite person. Mine's always been Goofy. Really? Yeah, because you know, like that. Why? Just because he's Goofy? Yeah. Pretty well. He's also the only caring father in the entire uh, thing. If you really think about it. Yeah, he's caring. I think a little too much though, because we just watched a Goofy movie the other day. Oh hell yeah! And um, which are probably my favorites. And uh, like I, th- I was just like, oh dude, like give him some air. You know what I mean? He won't leave him alone. Well, didn't he like lose but, his wife or something? I don't think they gave him a wife. You haven't had the kids somehow. <laughs> I know, but it's a cartoon. You know what I'm saying? Like, so they don't really do that. They just give him. He's like a single dad, I guess. Oh, see. I don't know. He's the man that we don't deserve. <laughs> yeah, right. I found out uh, I can sing every Akon song in a goofy impersonation. What? <laughs> I'm not doing it here. Why? Do <laughs> you can't just bring that up and just not do it. <laughs> That, uh, cause for some reason, whenever I like to get drunk, I always do the oh, yeah. <laughs> so then, like, when it comes to like, so you start a- singing Akon, yeah, I, they were playing at the bar one time, and I just for some reason, like, I was already doing the goofy impersonation, and then the song was playing, so like, uh, they don't ever want to see us to gay out there, but it don't matter now. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. That's my, oh, that's my funny. Weird, uh, my weird hobby. Yeah, that's great. That's hilarious. Oh, 
god. I don't I don't even do anything when I get drunk. I just cheese. Like my my I just can't stop smiling. I just <laughs> smile. smile. Maybe it's cuz I don't smile like a lot during regular life, but like um when I'm drunk like that's all I like I just can't stop smiling. It's weird. Like and then my face hurts in the morning. That reminds me of like the kid that like never smoked weed and then just sits there like yeah, there's cheese. <laughs> just, there. just laughs about everything. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. See, I didn't even do that with smoking weed. Smoking weed, I just got paranoid. Yeah, same. I was always just like, oh, is that the cops? Or is that my dad? Or is that someone? You know what I mean? I'm always, I was thinking like someone was always there or like watching me. Oh, I, I was going to get caught doing something. See, I uh, I remember being like a kid smoking out of a soda can when I was oh, yeah. in a cornfield. Yeah. But uh, it's actually kind of funny. So... Like, for me, I got bipolar, and right. certain people get affected by certain things different right. ways. But THC is actually not good for you, like, when you have manic episodes. Cause, oh, yeah. Uh, and, dear God, if I <laughs> – I tried smoking weed, like, a year and a half ago, uh, and then I tried an edible not too long ago. The edible didn't really affect me. Though. Like, it got me, you know, buzzing, but it didn't freak me out. Yeah. But I tried smoking it. And I felt that my stomach was being ripped out. Uh, I was so paranoid yeah. about everything. And I was, like, thinking people were, like, judging me. And yeah. Like, I can't smoke weed. And it's a lot different now than when it used to be. Oh, yeah. I sound like my dad saying that. But, but it's crazy. Yeah, and you never thought you would, like, say that growing up. You were like, oh, I'm never going to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you're younger. But when you're older, you're like, oh, yeah, back in the day. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But it was funny. Like, one time when I was um, – I was probably, like, 18 or 19 – and I was working at a grocery store doing security, and um, I woke up, like, early in the morning with uh, one of my friends to smoke. So we, like, we lived by these woods, so we went into the woods to smoke, and we didn't have any, like, paper or anything. So he used loose-leaf paper, and, oh. um, yeah, didn't work that great. Yeah, but, I, I, um, I've used book paper before. But, um... So, so we did out. So we smoked out of that, and I don't know what it was that made it. It was different, and um, I remember I tried to go back to sleep, and um, my dad came in and was just like, and I was like, oh, he's gonna catch me. He's gonna catch me. You know? Did he see me? He knows. And he was like, he was like, was that you that came in? I was like, yeah, I went for a run, and I was. Like, <laughs> I didn't run, you know what I mean? Like, but um, but so it took me. So I lived about five minutes, um, from the grocery store. So, and it took me almost an hour to get there. So when I got there, I was still, <laughs> yeah. So one, I showed up late, which they never really noticed. But um, and then so when I went in, I felt like everyone was looking at me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, fuck this. So I left, and I got back in my car, and I sat there. Car's off. Nothing's on. I sat there looking straight ahead for four hours. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then I knew I threw up, like, in the passenger side. I, like, kind of, like, threw up. But then after I got out of the high, four hours later, it was just spit. So when I was high, I thought I was throwing up, but it was just spit. It was, like, a big, like... Yeah. Thing is spitting the um, passenger side. I was like, "What the fuck just happened?" So I went in and finished my shift, and I was like, "I'm never doing that again." No. So that was that was probably bad, but 
At least it nothing came about it. Other but yeah. than just a really freaking weird experience. Yeah, man. But um, but yeah, I mean, of course, THC doesn't work for a lot of things, which is why they came out with the whole CBD yeah. thing. Um, do you do you use that for your bipolar or no? See, I personally do not. A, because I can't afford it, and B, because I don't know what it's going to do, and with how I am, I don't have room to test out the water on that, I guess you would say, because I used to be prescribed uh, Xanax, and I was prescribed Klonopin at one point, but those I just abuse. Like, yeah. hell. You know what's crazy? My wife takes that as her emergency drug. Uh, Xanax? Um, Klonopin. Klonopin. Klonopin's better because it's more lightweight. Yeah, but it doesn't work. <laughs> oh. <laughs> to calm her seizures down? Yeah. It takes forever. Yeah, it, it does have a long, like, it, it'll take, like, 30, 40 minutes for it to even start kicking in. Yeah. And then you still got to go up the ladder. Yeah. While at Xanax, it's pretty instant. But what's supposed to calm me down doesn't. Yeah. And then for some reason Xanax is like Adderall for me. Really? Like I, I do a lot of stupid stuff and yeah. then end up getting locked up usually whenever yeah. I take Xanax. Jeez. And, but then it leads to another thing. It leads to another thing. And then next thing I know, I'm out in Wilmington doing stupid shit. Yeah. And I can't. So I can't really... Take the risk. There's people that say CBD doesn't, like, affect your mood at all. Like, you don't get, like, a high from it. Right, right, right. But I don't want to find out. <laughs> yeah, I think it does affect your – I think it does affect your mood because it does make you more – a little bit more chill. Um, like, if you're anxious all the time, like, it's going to chill that out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All that kind of stuff. Um because people don't really tell you the bad stuff that happens. I mean, I've never, I've never heard anything bad about CBD. Oh, no, I've never, I've heard I just hear things. good things, you know. Yeah. So, but I'm sure there's people out there. Like, we have uh, CBD. My wife won, like, a $500 giveaway. Ooh. Yeah. So, we got a ton of that. But then she started taking it, and it would give her headaches when she woke up. So, I was, like, looking. I was doing research and stuff to see. And then um, I looked up um, something. And it said, don't take CBD if it has glycerin and something in it. And, of course, these have glycerin in it. Okay. Um, so something about that, I don't know. But um, it works for me. So I started using it. That's good. So just like um, I'm usually a chill guy. I don't stress out. So I don't see a huge different difference. But um, it, does, it chills me out even more. So I'm just like whatever. Like. So I'm pretty much always paranoid, so yeah. I, I I would probably see a yeah. difference. I just don't want to get like a I don't want to say high because I know it doesn't really give you one at all. Right. But I don't want to get too comfortable. I guess being chilled out and everything else. Right. And then when I don't have it, then I'm not going to be chilled out, and yeah. then I do something stupid. Yeah. I guess you would kind of say because like when I was using, well. Because, you know, I, I used to use heroin okay. crack everything else. Right. And crack made me happy. Heroin was the calm down. And also it kind of, like, gets rid of all the negativity in life. Yeah. So I don't want to be chill, 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 chill. Boom, I can't get this. And now I'm freaking manic again. I don't like it. Right. So then my stupid ass in my brain would say, hey, 
I know where I can go get something, even if it's only like two bags, but I can get for five bucks. Right. You know, I'm going to go out and do that because that's right. just who I am as a person. Right. So, so did, um, did all those things or like your bipolar or whatever else like you deal with, is that what made you want to do like, um, like the different drugs or, or like try them out or something? See, when I was 12, well, okay, so I had stuff happen before everything, but when I was 12, I was kind of, like, miserable a lot, mm-hmm. and I didn't, like, really show anybody, you know, I, I like seeing people happy and everything else, so, right. like, on my downtime, though, it would suck, and I remember drinking for the first time, Yeah, and I don't have a problem drinking, like... If you ever went out with me, you would probably think I have a problem drinking. Like, right, but you're not like an alcoholic. No, no, right, right, right. I, I couldn't do that. You know, hangovers suck. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, but then after that, I was like, I like being on stuff. Yeah. So pretty much from then I went to smoking weed, which that didn't really get it for me, yeah. to be honest. Right. And then by the time I was like, 14, 15, you know, I was already doing coke and acid and stuff, which surprisingly, acid is not going to say go out and do freaking acid, right? but acid and shrooms, they they affect the neurons in your brain that you don't really use too much, but they spark it up, and it makes more brain activity. Um, In small doses, they've actually proven that it's actually good for PTSD, uh, bipolar and other stuff. Yeah. But because your brain gets more active and the lasting effects last for a while. Well, that's why you see a lot of like artists and stuff, they get a lot of ideas yeah. and stuff after doing something like that. Exactly. Yeah. And musicians actually yep. get some really good, you know, art going on and everything else. Oh, yeah. um, your brain's more open for a little <laughs> bit. Now, if you do it consistently, you're going to be a vegetable. Right. Literally, but you're just going to be really stupid. Right. Um, but yeah, and then, so me, I was using with my buddy, and we were best friends. Like, mm-hmm. every day, we were just like, what can we get to get high? Because we just wanted, it's like Pokemon at that point, like, we just wanted to try them all. Yeah. Well, we had the dumb idea to do uh, heroin. Some kid at school had it. I think he got it from, like, his older brother or something. And he was trying to... He just wanted to make some money, pretty yeah. much. So, we got that. And I was dating somebody at the time. Yeah. And I ended up ditching him that night. And he ended up taking the full bundle that we bought. And it's his first time ever using. But for us, like, we really... In our minds, we're like, yo, we can do as much as whatever and still be good. Like, right. you're going to hate your life in the morning. But, well, he ended up killing himself. Um, and then after that, I just immediately went right back to the kid and bought it because, you know, for me, everything was, was pretty much done. Yeah. And then at that point, I was pretty much hooked. Yeah. Because I loved it. Um, and then I joined the military, so I got, like, a year clean. But then they sent me back to Delaware and then I ended up relapsing, and they didn't catch on to it for about two years. So you were doing this while you were in the military? Yeah. Oh, shit. Sadly. 
I mean, they also have had a meth lab on Dover Air Force Base. It's actually kind of common. Wow. Because when you go to uh, training in Texas, you're put in San Antonio, which you're in basic training, so you don't really get to go out or anything like that. Right. But, if, but if your job training is also in San Antonio, it's a there's a lot of parties that happen out there. Right. So there's dudes that go out, and you know, they might do ecstasy or something like that. Right. And then... They take a piss test and then they get, you know, kicked out. Um, I actually tried to join up on the drug abuse program that uh, Bear Force had, but since I was still in training, it was kind of like telling on yourself, I guess you would say. Yeah. And then, yeah, so I got kicked out of there. But not dishonorable or anything like that. I got a general discharge. But it just sucked. And then for like three years, four years after that, it was pretty much... A rap. Yeah. So what was the what was the point of joining the military for you? Were you doing that to like change your life or something or No, I was bored. You're just bored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna lie on that one. Um, like I'm I like volunteering. Okay. Like a lot. Like I used to donate my blood all the time, like as much as I could. Mm-hmm. Uh but I have Hep C now so I can. Okay. Um Volunteer firefighter. Been also doing that since I was 16. If yeah. I was ever at the firehouse, I would make sure I didn't have anything. You know, like I wasn't high or anything like that. Right. Um, but Delaware is all volunteer firefighting, so, you know, it was kind of like spare time. And then, then it was the military, and I was like, sweet. I can finally join this shit. So tried it out. Didn't work for me. At least I could say I did it. Yeah, but you did the Air Force, though, right? Yeah. But at least you got to be some kind of smart to get into that. Oh, I had a 4.2 GPA in high school. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, dude, I was smarter than I mean, I was also on Adderall. But So was I, but I didn't do nothing for me. I finished with a um, .8 GPA. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> and I tried, to get in, I tried to get in the Army, and that's all I could get into. I couldn't get into Marines, couldn't get into the Air Force. or. Um, I had like a 60-something on my ass, but... Oh, I got like a 32. Oh, so you just made it? I just made it. Oh, are you going for infantry? No, I, I couldn't even get infantry. <laughs> he um, gave me um, the choice between food server or truck driver. Did you take truck driver? I took truck driver. <laughs> Thank God. So, <laughs> At least you're smart on that <laughs> Yeah, see? But um, so my whole thing was I was going to go in, and then um, after like basic training and all that kind of stuff, they said I can uh, take classes and stuff to get a better ASVAB to get a different job. So um, that was my whole plan. But then when I got to MEPS, um, everything kind of got screwed up because when you when you sit in that room and they tell and it has all the signs about like you can go to jail if you lie or something, oh, it scared the shit out of me. So oh, you fell for it? Yeah, I fell for it. Oh, dude, I lied my ass off. Yeah. <laughs> well, my recruiters told me to lie about everything, and I was just like. Um, this don't seem right or whatever, like, you know, cause I, I'm like, I wasn't lying about anything big, you know what I'm saying? So I don't know why I cared so much, but, um, I had had, I got a concussion a year before they're like, Oh, don't say anything about that. I was like, all right. So when I got in that room they gave you those same papers you filled out with your recruiter, I filled it out and said I had a concussion before. So then they sent me to this dude. He yelled at me really bad and, I sat in a room for six hours with nothing happening. I was watching Law & Order SVU for uh, six hours. Where'd you go? The one in New Jersey? Baltimore. Baltimore. Fort okay. Meade. Yeah. And um, 
And uh, so I called my recruiter. I told him what happened, and he came down and got me, and that was it. Oh, that's nice of him, man. Did he... Was it an awkward car ride after that? Or? I don't know. I fell asleep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, yeah, he dropped me off in my house, man, and I was just like, all right. He was like, see ya. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to do, you know. I think they still had my um, uh, high school diploma. I never got it back. So I don't have it. I think it. mine still has mine. Yeah, I don't have it. I, I, I never even used mine anyway. Like, I, I haven't gotten a single job yet that said... So did you produce your high school diploma? In the- yeah. Well, with security, like I had, um, I always had to do that, you know, because that's the most. Those are the most of the jobs I had is security. I worked at G Four S. So, yeah, that's who I work for now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. I do um, the Bank of America near the Chick Fil A. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was gonna say because uh, I wanted to get on the Edgemore site, but I wasn't twenty one yet, so I couldn't get on the. Because uh, I know they always want the armed. And uh, so I was security at Amazon, and then I found out uh, security's a good ass job. Like it is because it's easy money. Easy. I walk around a parking lot. I worked in the truck gate, and I just sat there. I put Netflix on. Yeah, that's all you gotta do. And then I would accidentally fall asleep sometimes, and then you know the truck driver would just come up and honk his horn, and I wake up and I'm yeah. like, sweet. <laughs> but it's like, um, yeah, there's better money in being armed. But if I wanted to be an armed security guard, I might as well just be a cop. Might as well. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to put my life on the line as a security guard. You know what I'm saying? So if something was was to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? I got you on that. But because um, if I was like, if I was armed, like I, I always tell people that. I'm like, you might as well just be a cop. You know what I'm saying? I always want to be a park ranger. Park ranger? Yeah. Why? Like, not like your normal, like, I'm talking about like Denrec. Like uh, the dudes that go out. On the oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that kind of, yeah. The actual rangers. Right. <laughs> That's kind of like you see on that Alaskan show where the, they work at the parks and stuff and they stop people from, yeah. yeah. That kind. See, that one I would actually see myself doing. I'm not a big fan of, uh, I don't mind state police. Right. I'm not a big fan of municipal police. Right. You know, like your normal town cops. Right, yeah. And that's just because of. It depends on who the person is, though. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I don't go around, like, you know, screaming F you out the window or anything yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. I just, I've had bad share where. Of course, yeah. I wasn't doing anything, but since I lived in Middletown at the time, it was once they know you, they know you, and they'll yeah. find every reason to get you mm-hmm. and everything else. And then you see a lot of corruption that you wouldn't actually see if it was a normal time. Right. Now, don't get me wrong, I guess I had illegal activity. But there was also times where I was just driving to work or something like that, and I would still get pulled over and arrested and yeah. lose my job. Actually, that's how I lost my job at the Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a big reason why, like, I tried to um, not cause issues and stay to myself and not not try and bullshit and all that kind of stuff because one, I don't trust the justice. I don't trust the justice system at all. Don't. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Right. And you. Don't. Right. <laughs> so. Um, no matter if you're white, black, yellow, red, it doesn't matter what color you are. Oh, they'll screw you. And you know what I mean, right? You're the. You know, it depends who the person is. Yeah. Um. You know, so that's why I tell people like, stay to yourself, man. Don't don't do stupid stuff. Like, think before you do something. You know, I there was a moment. Um, I was playing uh like co-ed basketball or whatever, and our second to last game or something. This dude just decides he's on my team. <laughs> And he decides to get in my face. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't even know where this came from. 
you know, um, I guess he thought like I was taking up all the time or something because I wasn't taking a break. I don't know. Oh, he wanted play time or something. He wanted play time, yeah, well, and said to get better. Well, and it was like um, I thought I was doing them a favor because no one would give me a break. Yeah. You know, they were all taking, they were all subbing out and stuff, but no one would come in for me. So I was like, oh, damn, I got to keep on going, you know. Um, so I thought I was doing them a favor. And then he comes like running up next to me. He was like, hey, Ben, why don't you come out, huh? Why don't you come out, blah, blah, blah. And then he starts getting in my face. I'm like, whoa, you know. And um, first thing coming into my head, I don't know if it's my conscience or what, just said, don't hit him. You know what I'm saying? In my head, just said, don't hit him. You're better not. You know, I just ran my mouth the whole time. I just chirp, 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 you know, until I left the building because they kicked me out. So. They kicked him out? No. No, because he didn't say a word after that. He stayed quiet and looked stupid, you know, but, um, and then his girl started chirping and then my wife came in on it and then they started (laughs) chirping. Oh my gosh, dude. It was a shit show, man. So you guys had a little double date going on. Yeah, double date. (laughs) So, um,. So uh, whoever, the guy running the thing was like, all right, you need to leave. I was like, gladly. You know, and I didn't go back the next week because I didn't want to. I don't blame you at that point. Yeah, man, when when someone gets in your face, like, it's a threat. (laughs) You know, and it's all about how you deal with that threat. You know what I mean? Um, I hit someone when I was younger at Newark night and... (laughs) I miss Newark night. <laughs> yeah, man. And then home. Um, shit used to get wild. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's why they made it Newark Day now. They used to light cars on fire yeah. and shit. Yeah, man. For no reason. <laughs> exactly. So, like, um, so that, that's why after that I was like, yo, man, I got to chill with this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need to prove to nobody that I can fight. I don't need to prove to anyone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Unless I'm in a serious or someone hits me first, I don't need to do anything. You know, um, now if someone threatens my family, that's gonna be another story. I'll kill them. You know, <laughs> um, but it's it was, but it's crazy because you hear those stories. Like, I heard a story where uh, this guy and this um, with his girl, and the girl had a kid with another guy, right? Okay. But they were divorced. They were done with. You know, <laughs> um, so. They all lived in a house, so the baby's dad tried to break in that house and take the kid. But the guy that lived there shot him in the head, and he's going to jail. For what? Exactly. I said, for what? That's his house. I don't care where you shoot him because that's the whole thing, too. Oh, if you shoot him in the back of the head, that means he was trying to leave. That don't mean shit. Oh, I don't care. I don't know if it was the back of the head or not, okay. but um, that's what they say though, right? Like if you say if you say like uh, you can't shoot them in the posterior because that means they were trying to leave or something. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, see, and that and that's where it gets iffy because if somebody sees a gun, they're gonna turn. But a person who's thinking that their house is getting robbed or somebody's gonna get murdered, like I don't care. I'm gonna still unload on you, right? Like, um, but what if be- it's like, what if it's like, um, I heard someone in my house and I saw him and he was looking for a, he was, gra- he was grabbing a knife and I took my gun and I shot him, mm-hmm. but, it was, but I shot him in his back because he was turned around getting a knife. So yeah. if I shot him in his back, that would be my fault. I think that one goes up to forensics where they like, look at the, 
you know, like the angles of everything. Yeah. They gotta determine that that's what his malicious intent was. I think it's dumb rule regardless because, you know, in that case, then what if your wife is in the room and it's going down a hallway and you're back here? You're gonna shoot him in the back. I mean, it's a hallway. Yeah. But that's the best part about a, a house is the fact that nobody's there and you can move them. <laughs> you position a person however you want. I wouldn't do that shit. <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. Because <laughs> then that's the shit that gets you caught. That's the shit yeah. that you get go to jail for. You that know what I'm saying? Like that makes it worse. But um. So with all your um the things that you've been through and stuff like that, like um. Did you go to, like, any therapist or anything? Like, do you believe in that or whatever? So, okay. So, therapists, I did for a little bit. I can't afford it right now. Right. They're expensive. Um, one way to get out of, like, jail time or to get off probation easier is to go to rehab, mm-hmm. especially if all your charges are drug charges. And when I would go to them, though, some people would just go to there like, all right, I'm going to just do this bullshit and then get out of it. Well, I would actually get stuff out of it because, mm-hmm. you know, I've gotta, you got to adapt to every situation that you're in. And right. at that point, you got to choose, do I want to be sober or do I want to do this? Now, afterwards, you either get the choice if you can afford a therapist and go to a therapist. You got outpatient programs where you just go three times out of the week for, I think it's like four hours. Right. And But then they also got NA and AA meetings. Um, for some people it works. For some people it doesn't. Yeah. I personally don't like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would always, if anybody, because I do a lot of outreach for people, if they need help getting into a mental institution, if they need help getting into a rehab, if they need a list of meetings and stuff, I have no issue with like referring them over to a meeting. Right. I just personally don't like them. Right. I'm what's known as a, the hell do they call it? It's like dry sober or something like that. No, not dry sober is if you just become sober and you don't work on yourself. Uh, I forget, they have a term for it. I still drink. I know my limits. I've never been drunk and thought to myself, hey, let's go buy some Coke. You know, yeah, like, right, right. I've never had that fault. Right. Some people are like that. Yeah, yeah. They'll drink, and next thing you know, they go missing for two months. And that's because yeah. everybody's different. You know, I can't tell somebody that this is going to work, therapist is going to work. My old therapist used to scare me because I'm paranoid and if I'm not on my meds then I make up these weird delusions I guess you would say yeah. where I think that they're trying to read into me and control me and stuff yeah. I used to think the dentist was trying to get in my head but no just your mouth <laughs> well it's a long story I thought they were putting like an antenna in my mouth. Oh, uh, yeah, I, can I got see that. I got a caner. Oh, okay. So I thought they were putting an antenna in my mouth to read my thoughts and stuff. But when I'm on my medication, I'm good. Like, right. I mean, we've been talking the entire time. Uh, but even, you know, everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Um, some people can take Suboxone for the rest of their life right. and be good. I mean, you're not supposed to, but. 
people do it anyway. It's pretty much like if you wanted to, it's a little bit better than methadone, which yeah. methadone is shit for you too. Uh, but yeah, I've been Rockford, Meadowwood, State Hospital, uh, been to like three different rehabs now. Now, do you think those things work? See, rehab, okay, so when you're constantly using, and then say one day you're like, I'm fed up with this, and then, and this is just on the using aspect, I'm gonna, I'll get to the mental aspect after that, but if I'm going on like a seven day bender, all right, and then I think to myself, like, I'm done with this shit, well, I still have the want to do it, and I still have, you know, the craving for it. And if I'm not taking, if I don't buy Suboxone off of somebody, well, then at that point, since I also used heroin at the time, I would be withdrawing the hell out of myself. And in my brain, I know, okay, there's one thing that can stop this withdrawal right now, like in like five seconds, because I was a shooter. Mm -hmm. So five seconds, and I won't be sick anymore. Well, with rehab, you can go there, and you can. Some of them do suboxone, some of them don't. Um, but you can go there, and you're not, especially if you're court ordered, you're not going to go with your cravings because you can't. Right. So then you sit there, and then your brain starts getting more adjusted to being sober. And then once that happens, you can be like, oh, okay, so I can be happy because I mean, there was times where we didn't do any classes, and it was, like, a just a day where we were sitting there playing spades and stuff, joking around. And, then like, it could show you that you could be happy or think uh, think normally right? without being high on something. Mm-hmm. But you would never get that if you were in the same area that you're using trying to dry sober. Right. And then with mental health issues, like, I'll go... If I didn't go to those things, I wouldn't have a clear mind on thinking on stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I could tell when I'm start starting to get whacked out in the head where I know I need to go somewhere to adjust my medication. Yeah. But if I would have never went to Rockford or any of them, I wouldn't have came up with the ability to realize I'm starting to fuck up. Okay. And that's where it kind of benefits. It gives yeah. you, like, a nice vacation from reality. Right. You don't have any stress because... You know, if you know that your probation officer is after you, well, they're not allowed to get you when you're in a facility. So you kind of, the stress that you got going on kind of goes away and it helps you get your mind right. So I personally like inpatient areas as long as you follow up with it afterwards. Because if you just go to an inpatient area, well, you're used to being on vacation. Mm -hmm. You know, once you get out, and you don't back to reality. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it, your whole world's going to change right then and there. Because the reason I ask is because you see so many people. Um, it doesn't take one. You know, it takes three, four, five times. You know, in and out of rehab all the time. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, because um, that's what I mean. That's why I asked if like if you think it works is because just because how many times people are in and out of there all the time. You ain't gonna get. So, for a using aspect, you ain't going to get clean till you want to. Right. You'll go in there, and then 
some and like I said before, some people use it as a scapegoat right. from getting away from that. Other people might use it because they got a kid, mm-hmm. like, you know, like a baby on the way or something like that. And then they think to themselves, like, hey, I'm going to get clean, do this so I can man up and take care of my family and stuff. Yeah, right. Well, then they realize I'm not ready. Mm-hmm. Even though they got all this stuff now on their plate, which that just added more stress to them. Right. But because they didn't do anything when they were in that rehab, because, like, when I was in there, I was finding jobs and everything else, like, mm-hmm. you know, because we got newspapers and stuff, so yeah. I could see the listings of the jobs. Right. And it's when they get out, they don't, sometimes they don't have a job or they might not even have a place to go, yeah. you know, and everything else, so... If they don't work on themselves, then they're just going to get out, go, like, a month on this little I'm sober high, and then get too comfortable and screw up. Right. Because you can never get too comfortable. If I start realizing, like, oh, shit, I got life made. I got no worry. And then I think to myself, like, oh, sweet, I might be able to do cocaine now without doing it again. You know, like a one-nighter because there's only, like, a small percentage of people that can actually just... Do a one nighter and then be good. Right. Once I do some, I am right back to being shitty. Yeah. And I was lucky I was in an engagement because I had a, uh, a year and 11 months because my sober date was May 3rd. And this past April, I don't know what happened. You know what? It's because I lost my apartment and stuff. I lost my job, then I lost my apartment and stuff. And then I moved down south. Me and my fiance, we broke up for a little bit, and then we got back together moved down south. And then there was one day I had to come up for uh, court, but I was stressed the hell out. Like, I just lost my apartment. I hate change. Like, I hate moving. Right. And then I came back up. And I wasn't taking my meds, and I started getting whacked out in the head, and I knew what can calm me down. I ended up using, next thing I know, my phone's off, and I was just partying pretty much. Shit. And it was only a one, two-day kind of, like, setback. But then I was lucky enough to have a fiancé at the time that helped me get clean. Like, I felt like the biggest piece of shit because... Sometimes mentally you can get withdrawal symptoms. Right. Because it takes more than using three times to get withdrawal, Mm -hmm. you know. But if I've already been through withdrawal and my brain knows, like, hey. That's what that feels like, right. Exactly. Like, my brain says, you just gave me a shit ton of dopamine. Mm -hmm. And I want this constantly now. Everybody's brain's a junkie. Like, everybody's. Oh, yeah. And it's just about where you're getting it from. Exactly. Right. And so my brain knows where I can get it, and it knows what's going to push me to get it. Mm-hmm. So it's going to pretty much make me feel like I'm withdrawing. And because crack cocaine doesn't have any withdrawal. The only withdrawal you get is you just get really depressed and everything else. Mm-hmm. But you'll still end up craving it right. because your brain wants you to go get it. But, yeah, she had to drive me out to Wilmington. We had to illegally buy Suboxone. I felt like the worst fiancé in the world, you know, having to get my girl to bring me up north so I can get Suboxone so that I can, you know, use that for two weeks to get rid of withdrawal symptoms. And yeah. yeah it, it's just 
a horrible feeling, which right. I'm surprised I didn't realize from that. And then um, we just recently split up, and then I moved back up here. And right now, I mean, shit's stressful, but yeah, I haven't man. had anyone to use, though. So it's all about your mindset, really, on what, when a person gets out of rehab, if the first time works or if the eighth time works. Right. You know, it's, it's either you, you get clean or you die or you're an institution or you're in jail. Yeah. That's the only four outcomes of using. Yeah, man, because the way I see it, like, um, I think... A lot of times, and I had this argument with my sister before, is like, um, maybe because I had a bad experience with it, but I had a bad experience with therapy because I I was going through stuff in uh, middle school, Um, and, you know, my parents made me see a therapist or whatever. I saw, like, a therapist, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, I mean... You know, and when you're in middle school going through that, you're just like, I don't even, I didn't even understand. Yeah. And it's like a you know what I'm saying? And the lady just seemed like, it was weird because she was like tearing down everyone around me. But I was like, they're not the problem. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? So I think that's why, like, it depends on the person. And I think it depends on what you need therapy for. But I think a lot of people nowadays, or just getting therapy just to talk to somebody, you know? Where I mean, there's no problem with that. But I also think finding an outlet rather than um, talking to someone or having someone put the, put different thoughts in your head yeah. um, is a lot better. Maybe because that worked for me. I don't know. That's just the way I feel. Because being lost in all that kind of stuff... Um, which is why I'm so big into working out is because lifting is what uh, settled me down and calmed me and stopped me from being so angry at the world and angry at everything around me because that's all I was. Oh, the same chemicals that got released from lifting you get from heroin. Yeah. Like the natural chemicals that are in you. Yeah. But. I mean, it's the same. Like, I'm not... I guess people will say I'm addicted to it, but it's something that... It's healthy. If um, Right. It's something that's good. But if it was bad, I bet you I could stop. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like... Um, I don't know. But I just know is like, for me, like... Um, and that's why I know I'll never stop it because... And that's something else that people say is like... Oh, he'll stop when he's older or whatever. This is just a phase. I'm like, like, what are you talking about? I'm like, this is part of my life. You know? Sometimes I'll go some time without lifting. Um, It's because I got other stuff going on now. You know, that that need my, that need to be my priority. You know, I have a business that I need to focus on and make sure I get content out and then doing the podcast and, you know what I mean? All that you know, takes the front seat to lifting. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I try and get up early to lift, but sometimes I'm just like, nah, man, it's not happening. Well, sometimes you're not feeling it. <laughs> it's not happening. But um, See, there's a very fine line between hobby and obsession. Right. And so they got – I'm actually about to get in like two different – things but 
a person can, like a shopaholic. Mm-hmm. Okay, a person might like going shopping. You know, once they get a paycheck in their head, they're like, all right, I deserve this freaking new purse or I deserve this new game or whatever. Right. And that's one thing. And there ain't nothing wrong with that. You know, it's healthy. But then there's other people that they got shop, 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 shop every single day, take out four credit cards, everything else, which with working out, you can work out in the normal, you can work out to where other people think like, oh, this dude's kind of weird but yeah you know, i mean like, i have seen it where people i'm just like yo that's a sickness yeah I was gonna say, but know, then there's other people, people take it to that limit yeah. and those people they probably got deeper issues that working out it helped them but the thing is is now they don't know how to sidetrack that issue right. they didn't work on that issue or nothing like that so now they only know I don't feel this way right. unless I'm working And out. I think that's my difference is, like, I kind of worked on my anger as well as um, worked out. Yeah. You know, um, and okay. I think it runs in my – it kind of runs in my family, but I think I had it the worst. You're all pretty sporty people. Um, yeah, we were always like <laughs> – yeah, we're always like that, you know, but um, – All right, don't have the anger. It was just like uh, – there was just something deep, deep, deep inside of me, like, that was, like, even, it wasn't just physical. Yeah. You know, it wasn't just physical anger. Um, but, like, I'm trying to remember, like, where I actually started changing. Because um, I know most of it probably came from school. So when school ended, I think that's, it was a load off my back. Oh, I mean, it's stressful. You know, um, and I know uh, finding my way back to God was a, a huge part, a huge thing for me. Um, you know, everyone looks for that that certain thing. You know, I mean, we have a friend that prays to crystals, you know, because they feel like they work for her. That's all that matters. That's all I'm saying. I'm like, if it works for you, you know, who am I? Like... Yeah, it's it's not something I would recommend because I consider that like a false idol. But if it works for her, like who am I to judge her? Yeah, you mean, know what I'm saying? Because she probably looks at yours the same exact way. Exactly. If, so, if you ever came at you know her thing, she'll be like, "Well, right, you you know, right." And that's uh, and that's the whole thing with the whole belief thing is like everyone believes something different. And you can't hate someone because of that. People have to learn how to um, kind of talk without getting so mad. And like, yeah. and I think that's another thing is like I learned how to argue things without getting angry because I think instead of um, talking about things, people try and persuade them to believe what you believe. Yeah, which for me as a paranoid person, if – Someone started doing that to me, then I all exactly lash out. Like, exactly, like why? There's no point in doing that. Yeah. Um, the only time I tell people is like if they ask me a question about it. Yeah. I had a full conversation with an atheist about it because she wondered why. Oh, they they love them conversations. Oh yeah, but um, and, and I had no problem with it. I was like, believe what you want to believe. That's that's cool. You know, everyone has experiences that brought them to that point. I was like, I'm a pagan me myself. You know, and I just believe in the energy and nature around me because, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, everybody has energy in them. 
Right. When you die, energy can't be created nor destroyed by physics. You know, they've already proven that. So right. when you die, you know, your energy goes out to something else. Now it could be, you know, your body just decomposes and you become a bed of flowers or whatever the case may be. Right. But that's how I've always believed. Yeah. Um, and I know for me it works because I know something's physically there and I've seen results of it. And then... For me, I just keep the mindset of keeping positive energy because if I keep positive energy, since everything runs off of it, that yeah. means I'm going to have good energy for me. And right. Well, like I said, everybody got their own little twist to it and it helps them get through life. Exactly. So, like, what do you, um, what do you make of like all the, um, because there's something about this country, man, that, Pete, that there's been. What, like 300 maybe? Maybe a little under that this year. Like 300 mass shootings this year. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, like, what... I don't even know how to, like, put this in a question. Is it... Guns or mental health? You know what I'm saying? Like, what do you think it is? So, I believe it's a mental health thing. Um, okay. The reason behind it is, I don't want to sound like that jackass that always says, if you leave a gun on a table, it ain't going to shoot nobody. But but that makes sense. It, it does. A, a firearm, I've always been a firearm enthusiast. Okay. I haven't been allowed to possess one for the last couple of years, but Delaware now uses the, because uh, of drug charges, mm-hmm. uh, it's illegal to be under the influence of something and then possess a firearm and they can't, they don't drug test you. So with that on my record, that means I have to wait five years. But some laws have changed for Delaware and now it's, if you haven't had a charge that gives you more than a year, mine have only been up to a year. So by law, I'm allowed to possess one. But I know for me, I don't get, with mania, you get a, uh, you do get like a god complex. Like, I've never thought that I was better than anybody or anything mm, like that. Right. I just, you know, I just feel like I can't die or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've never tested the fury out, but I mean, I've had like sixteen concussions and everything else. But I would never like grab a gun and like say I'm freaking god. And, and, right. But there's some people that like with rape. Rape is a. Uh, Half the time, it's not even sexual. Actually, it's power. I'm going to say half the time. Majority of the time, it's not even sexual. It's for power tripping, you know. And when a firearm, that's, like, pretty much, like, top power right there. The only thing that goes out to that, it's, like, missiles and nukes. Okay, so you got this guy. I'm not calling him a rapist. I'm just saying you got this guy Mm -hmm. that got some hate going on, Mm -hmm. you know. And then... Because hate's really easily influenced. Right. I remember being younger, and I was mad at the world because, you know, every kid's a freaking anarchist. Yeah. And I remember I had some issues with people of color at the time, uh, just a lot of, like, fights and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And then a skinhead group actually got me into following them at the time. And I don't know. Norm- that's crazy. Same thing happened to me. And I don't nor- <laughs> and I don't normally like talk about it because like, right, yeah. The people that know me, like when I lived in Wilmington, on an area where it's predominantly black and everything else, like I loved everybody. Yeah, yeah. But if you if they would have met me when I was like thirteen, it would not have been the same. 
Right, because it's those situations that made you feel that way. Exactly. That same happened. That same thing happened to me. So now, when you got all these issues where people, there's a lot of hate going around right now right. between the, you know, the sexual, you know, the LGBTQ. I think they added something else to it. Yeah. Community. Right. There's a lot of hatred on them right now, mm-hmm. which is pitiful. Um. With the immigrants, mm-hmm. there's always been hatred on immigrants. I right. mean, even back in the eight, you know, seventeen, eighteen hundreds, there was you know Irish immigrants. They hated yeah. them. Right. The only ones that they liked were the ones that they can make profit off of. Right. And when you got easily influenced hate and a lot of hate going around, and you put a power trip in someone's hands, they're going to use it. And it's not something that you can really even diagnose. Until that person, because that person might not even show traits of it until he's, like, 25. Like, he might not even know that he has the issue. Yeah. And because whenever I think paranoid, I don't think I have an issue until I explain it to somebody. And then they're like, no, you're talking stupid. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. Well, which is the thing about these last couple kids, um... They did show traits of it, but no one, like, did anything. No, they didn't do anything about it. You know what I mean? And I do believe it's a power thing, but it's also about, like, how do you solve that? Like, I know Trump said um, for social media to keep track of stuff like that. Um, or I'm like, but that's so many people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how are, you supposed to do, how are you supposed to do that? You know what I mean? The only way you could ever even come to anything like that is by citizens holding each other accountable. Yeah. Which is how it should always be anyway. Right. Um, police can't hold... Like, cops probably don't even know that you live here or anything like that. Right. Okay, so now if you're over here losing your freaking mind, you know, randomly, this is just for instance, if you're losing your mind, no cop is just going to randomly come up to your door and knock on it. Right. You know, but if your neighbor says... Hey, I haven't seen Ben in a while. Maybe I should just check up on this guy to figure it out. And then he comes over here and he starts talking and you start sounding whacked out. Then yeah. he can call in a tip saying, hey, this dude should not have a firearm or whatever the case may be. Now, there's not that much legal action that they can do just yeah. off of conversation. But at least then you're being known and there's more surveillance that they could do on the person. Right. If that's the case. Uh, My thing, I've always been um, vocal about um, in schools for teachers to listen. You know what I'm saying? Like, stand outside your room, and when they're changing classes, listen to people's conversations. You know what I'm saying? Um, Just keep your ears open. Like, they don't have to pay you a million dollars for you to do that. No. You know, that's not extra work to do. That's, one, you're protecting your own life. Two, you could be helping someone else. Because you know how much shit is going down in high schools? Like, no matter what high school, you could go to public school, you could go to Christian school, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, and they talk about it at the lunch table. Exactly. They talk about it out and open and free. There was a kid in my school, and I went to a private Christian school. And um, he had a hit list in his locker. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So we had a couple of them at Penn. Yeah, oh, oh, oh sure, at Penn, man. Like, of course. But like, um, that's all they have to do, and I think it would take it would take a long it would go a long way. Yeah. You know, with people just doing that, because um, even when I was in school, I did that. 
I would like walk by and just like listen to what people are talking about. You know what I mean? You got to. Yeah. Because it's going to be those kids and you and just pay attention to those kids that um, are being picked on and like stick up for them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you don't even have to tell on them. Like, I mean, unless unless you start hearing physical, like, I'm going to do this kind of thing, then yeah, definitely. Right. But my teachers knew something was up with me. Like, but they thought I was a great student because, you know, I had a great GPA, I had an RTC and everything else. But they feel bad because they never asked me, like, how I was actually doing. Right. Because if they would have told me, I would have had, like, a fucking mental breakdown, like, you know, start crying, like, thank you so much for asking. Yeah. And that's where a lot of things go for is just they need to start doing it at schools. I don't think it's freaking video games. People say all that crap. Yeah, no. So you're telling me, like, Atari made people violent because guess what? They were killing millions of people at a time. Now it's not as... If you really look at it, actually, it was more violent back then than it is now. It's just you hear about it more because of social media. And now, when you're playing video games, you kind of get it out on the video game. Yeah, honestly. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're doing it there, and it seems real. So I don't think there would be a need to go out and do it in real life. You know what I mean? Um, But I've always wanted to get to a point in my life where I can go to high schools, um... And just tell them, like, dude, it doesn't end here. Because that's, that's the kid's biggest thing. Sure, be a counselor. It's like, maybe not even just that. Just to go into a school and just, like, talk. I do that from time to time with my old health teacher. Really? Uh, I do drug talks and stuff like that yeah. at William Penn. And I want to get more active with it. Yeah. I've been, I've had a couple slowdowns on it because, you know, with the whole moving. And now I don't have a car Cause my car blew up back in April, back when all that stupid shit was happening. Yeah. So now that I moved up here, though, you know, I got to save up money for a car and stuff like that. I would love to go to schools. Yeah. And, you know, talk at groups and stuff like that. It's something I like doing. I make sure, because myself rooted from that time. Yeah. You know, people don't understand. There's kids that, I, I've been out in Wilmington, mm-hmm. out in uh, Riverside. I've seen 14-year-olds coming up with, you know, stacks in their hand, you know, stealing heroin and everything else. And to them, it's normal. Yeah, because they grew up in that. And they grew up in it. And you you can't get mad at them because it's... Right, that's all they know. But sometimes they might bring it to school, and that's how I got a hold of it. Yeah. You know, and I had one kid that was selling his mom's oxys. Yeah. And... So, yeah, I would love to go to schools and actually be there, like, more on a full-time basis than just once every semester. Yeah. I would love to be, like, a counselor there for not only just drugs, but also just if they need to get some shit out, which they should definitely have. You got school shooters and stuff. If you had a person there that can... buy HIPAA and non-confidential unless you say the... The two magic words that you never say to a therapist, you know, uh, kill myself or I want to hurt another person. Right. You're going to get institutionalized. Yeah. But let them get it all out. And then. Because now I think they got like just some old women that are in there and just like who who didn't really have those kind of experiences. Like you want to have someone that's already put themselves through it and come out of it. Yeah. 
it's like the vets being that you know, like when they talk about having vets to stop school shooters and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, you want a person that's been shot at before. Exactly. And I'm talking about a combat vet. I'm not, you know. No, yeah, because no of offense, if you're driving trucks or something like that, right? You've never been in a scenario like. Yeah, that. that's different. You know, because plus I'm, you're yeah you're um you're giving jobs. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You're supplying jobs, and then you're like you can um make school safer. You make school safer. Uh, if they had a person that's had a problem before, but you know, totally clean. It's the school system. You're going to get randomly drug tests and everything else. They'd probably do it with the teachers. I can't say 100% sure. Mm-hmm. But I know other state employees get drug tests all the freaking time. Right. If you had a person that's, you know, like been there before and then went to school to become even just like a bachelor's degree in psychology and maybe like minored in social working. Yeah. You know, those two together with past experience can talk to a kid, and also on a younger age. Yeah. I'm sorry if you got, you know, Karen that's 67 <laughs> that had the neighborhood where yeah. everybody knew each other, and if if Karen drank alcohol one time, her parents hurt them and, you know, just beat them. Yeah. Or you got the person where it's the new times where... Like you said, you hid it from your dad, you know, the time that you smoked, and, you know, I was able to hide. Like, I remember I'll lock my room and freaking drop some acid and just chill out. And yeah, stuff. exactly. Now, that time didn't hurt me, but me getting coke off my buddy, <laughs> well, now look. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it, yeah, it just takes one time, man. They need people that are more relative to the age. Because in, yeah. in school, you know you like the teacher a little bit better when they're not too young, but they're not too old. They're, like, right in the middle. Right. And they actually care. Right. And, but for some reason, they just... And they're going to be more relatable. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They walk into the office, and you're in there, like, wearing a shirt and tie, but then you got gauges, then you got the, the nose and I the mean, lip. I'll, I'll take these You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's you know what I'm saying, but, but yeah, um, tattoos on one freaking yeah, and it just shows. Yeah, I mean, it shows that you like been through shit. You know what I'm saying? You have you have your experience like on you, and you're free minded, right? If if you look at a person with a lot of tattoos, you think that they're going to be a little bit more open and accepting than a person that doesn't have anything at all and wears a suit and pretty much looks like a government robot, right? <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, because that's the kind of person, like, I would want to talk to. Like, my therapist and stuff were just, like, old ladies. You know? Piss you off the entire time. I was just like, yeah, man, I'm just not into this. But, I don't know. We'll see what what happens in the world. But, uh, yeah, man. I honestly see the world getting better. I do, too. And I think it is getting better. um, And I think it has to go through this stuff to get better. You know, it has to be bad to get good. Exactly. You know. And if you really look at the old, we'll just stick the 1900s. Yeah. Like, I'm not even going to go back when they were killing 200 million people. Right. Let's just go with 1900s. Right. All right. You had Hitler, Stalin. You had the Japanese to the Chinese, or it might have been reverse. Like, no, no, it was right. Japanese to the Chinese. They massacred, like, 7 million people. Yeah. Um, you got how... The legal people of color completely demolished mm-hmm. or, you know, segregated everything else. But now look. Yeah. You know, you can be openly gay. Yeah. You can be transsexual and be 
you still get a little bit of hate, but it's not like how it was before. Right, and I think those those freedoms, um, people overthink those because you ha- because you have those freedoms, you're less like you just want more and more and more. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And um, like when people talk bad about the country, I'm like, eh, but you know what goes on in other ones? Oh, they'll kill you just for being gay. That's all I'm saying. They'll hang you right in the middle of their main street. Yeah. You know what happens if you hold a girl's hand or you do or you say or anything about girl, being right or if you're a girl pregnant. exactly just little things like that things happen they you know they stone people yeah and like I said there's a lot of messed up crap they burn people at the stake still like mm-hmm. they'll put them out in Times Square and just like show them off yeah you know i mean we do everyone has a privilege here i understand that some have more than most yes definitely and um and it sucks it has to be that way, but I do feel like it is going to get better because right now it's on – it's an individual thing. You know, there's no um, there's no one color that hates the other bubble. It happens to be individual people. Yes. You know, because um, all white people aren't bad. All black people aren't bad. You know, stereotypes do exist. There's always going to be stereotypes. Yeah. I mean, you look at a chair with four legs – that automatically, that's a stereotype that you can sit on that chair. Yeah. And then you sit on it and it breaks. Yeah. You know, there's always going to be a stereotype. Right. But now they're They're there for a reason. You know, like, you you hear, you know, white guy can't jump or black guy can't swim or something like that. Right. That's a lot better than what they used to say. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. And I know that's just, like, a small thing, but... Right. It's still better than what it used to be, and yeah. only in the few. Like I haven't heard that in a while, actually. Yeah. So, because you remember back in the early two thousands, that was like every other joke would be something like just that. a couple of years ago. I mean, things have gotten so kind of kind of light lightened. I mean, people are becoming more offended about everything now, so it's kind of harder to talk about stuff. Yeah, you know. Um, Please don't give me backlash for this comment. But like. <laughs> But yeah, like um like even saying black. You know what I mean? I'm like, chill. Like I'll talk to black people and they'll be like, oh, I don't care. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I don't care, you call me white. Like what? You know what I mean? So I mean, unless you want to call me a Anglo Saxon or European American yeah. or Caucasian or any of those. You know what I mean? I like, I <laughs> it is what it is, it. man. I used to live on 5th and Madison. Man, I don't know how... Have you ever been to the McDonald's on 4th Street? 4th Street, yeah. Okay. You know how that McDonald's on 4th Street is. Mm-hmm. I... N- nobody there cared if, you know, I referred as black. Now, if a person does get offended by that, I would definitely apologize to them. Like, hey, I... Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean... I don't like yeah. saying people of color. To no, me... Because like to me, that's... Standing you out from where I'm at, you know, I don't like using that word. Right. Um, I try to refrain from saying black or something like that, but and a lot of times they refrain from saying white, just like, yeah. and that's just a person's comfortability. But it also, there's. But I so think many- I think people need to thicken their skin a little bit. Yeah. You know, because uh, now everything being said, people get offended at, no matter what it is. 
You know, I mean, social media can get taken out of context because you're not, you don't understand the person's, uh, what they're sounding like when they say the phrase or yeah, the word. Their attitude. Right, you don't see their attitude, you know, they're, they're joking or, you know, because you get so many people, they're like, oh, I tweeted that, but I was just joking. No. I was like, how do I know that? You yeah. know what I'm saying? You can't read a joke, you know what I mean? So, I don't know, but we'll see. <laughs> But, yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on. Of course, man. I appreciate yeah. you having me. Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, thanks, guys, and uh, we'll see you later.